Good morning, family. Welcome to Declare Victory. Who's joining the call? Good morning. It's pretty. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, pretty. I miss you. I miss you, too. I'm thinking about you. (laughs) Good morning. I think there was someone else saying good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Brother Michael. Uh Happy Thursday. Good morning, Brother Michael. Miss Deborah Evans. You hear me trying to do it, but okay, (laughs) yes, it's me. Good morning, good morning, good morning. God bless you all. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Claire Victory. Good morning, Brother Jerome here. Well, good morning, Brother Jerome. Thank you for dining with us again. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Good. Good morning, family, for this is the day that the Lord has made. We shall, we will rejoice and be glad. Hallelujah in it. Who else is excited about being a child of the Most High? Good morning, Michelle. It's Miss B. Good morning, Miss B. Good morning, this is Juanita. <laughs> me and Cassandra, we always chime in at the same time. <laughs> Good morning, you too. Good morning, it's Susie. Good morning, Susie. Good morning. Happy Thursday, everyone. Who else has joined the call and would like to say good morning? Good morning, this is Shirley. Good morning, Shirley. Good morning, Shirley. Good morning, sweet Simone. Good morning, it's beloved Barb. Happy Thursday. God bless everyone this morning. Good morning, beloved Barb. Sweet treats. Have a happy Thursday. You too, thanks. Good morning, everyone. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. For the Lord is good. Hallelujah. He's sovereign. He reigns. Has anyone else joined the call and would like to say good morning? Good morning, Sister Rochelle. Morning, Sister Jayla. How are you doing? Good morning, Wanda. Good morning, wonderful. Have a happy, thankful Thursday. Thank you, you as well. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Clear Victory. Has anyone else joined the call? Good morning, good morning. Happy Thursday, everyone. Is there anyone else that would like to say good morning before we get started? Good morning, this is Topaz. Morning, Topaz. Happy Thursday. All right. If there's no good morning, Sister Lisa. 
Happy Good Thursday. Morning. God bless Happy everyone morning. on the call. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Well, if there's no one else, if we can please go ahead and place your phones on mute so we can move forward with the call. Good morning, good morning, happy Thursday. This is Rochelle, Restore Resilient Rochelle, and I am your hostess today. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Friday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard, 8 a.m. Central Standard, and 9 a.m. Eastern Standard to edify, encourage, empower, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Continue joining us throughout the month of June, where our monthly theme is entitled Self-Control and Discipline. This month, each declare will focus on how yielding to the fruit of self-control will empower you to live a disciplined, God-ordained life. Make sure you invite a friend so that they can be blessed as well. There is one announcement today. Ladies, please join us tonight and every Thursday night for a Walk It Out Women's Call hosted by Ms. Lisa Porter. They are studying the book, The Bait of Satan, by John Bevere. The call takes place from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 to 9 Central Standard Time, and 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here by dialing in the same number tonight. Let me check the prayer request. There were no requests submitted verbally and by the app. Let me just make a quick check. We're going to continue to keep Miss um, Barbara's daughter, Tanya, in prayer, as well as Miss Barbara um, for strength and healing. We also want to keep our Declare Victory family up in prayer. We have two prayer requests from J.C., one, she's asking for prayers for her family um, who is traveling to Texas. And she also, yeah, she, that for her family as they travel. So we're praying for traveling mercies and grace for JC's family. And we're going to continue to pray for those that are sick and those in the elements and just pray for the world in general. Pray definitely for the leadership and, and all auxiliaries, political, churches, and all. Um, the order of the call, prayer and corporate praise, will be brought to you by Geraldine. The declaration will be brought to you by Tanya. Then we will go right into closing comments hosted by the Declare. I'll repeat the order of the call, prayer and corporate praise, will be brought to you by Geraldine. The declaration will be brought to you by Tanya. The scripture for today, Timothy 3, verses 2 and 3. So a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must be able to teach. He must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not love money. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. Please check your phones and place them on mute as we go before the throne of grace. Have a blessed, thankful day, you all. Good morning to each and every one of you. As we enter into our prayer, thank you for those that are in the prayer room on this morning. 
Thank you for all of the intercessors. As we began our prayer, we thank you this month for self-discipline and control on this morning. We thank you for all that you have done. Galatians 5.22. We live by the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And our most, the one that they left to at the end of this um, prayer, at the scripture, Galatians 5.22, is self-control. So on this morning, as we enter in, let us begin our prayer. As we come to you, Heavenly Father, on this morning, first of all, we come in repentance. Father, we come in repentance of dead work. We come in repentance this morning of anything that we may have said, knowing and unknowingly. Heavenly Father, we bow down to you on this morning. For those that are traveling the dangerous highways, we are asking for your shield of protection around them. Even as they're listening to the prayer on this morning, that their minds will travel right in and begin to just think, you said we can think on these things. We can uh, pause and say a lot on this morning, Father God. So many of us have had tests and trials just this month, just in the time that we have uh, come to you. God, I'm asking you for forgiveness. If we said anything to anyone on this morning, we offer up the forgiveness of things that we may have done. Many of us have pushed things in the back of our minds, but I thank you for this month as each declarer comes. We're praying for the woman of God on this morning as she is waiting to come up in prayer. We're asking those whose lines are unmuted right now. If you would, just go ahead and mute your lines and come off when we ask. We thank you right now, Heavenly Father. I thank you for everything that you have done in the name of Jesus. God, we submit our ways, our thoughts, hallelujah, everything that it is that we have, that we've held on to for so long in control, that we let go and we let you have your way on this morning, Father God. I'm asking you on this morning for those of us that have, we've committed ourselves to everything now, Lord, we commit our ways to you. Father God, we commit our families to you. Father God, we're praying for Sister JC and for those that are traveling on the dangerous highways and the hedges. And Father God, those that are in the airways of, uh, of prayer on this morning, we need you on today as never before. God, we see this world has turned upside down. And God, there's no other way but to come to you, Father God. And we say, help us, oh God. Send your angels of protection to us, God. We're asking that you cover our children. We're asking that you cover each and every male that is represented on the line on this morning. These are your prayer warriors, God, and I thank you. I'm asking that you look in on the um, greeter on this morning, Rachel, on the way. God, I thank you for this mighty woman of God. I thank you for everything that you have done. 
I thank you that, Father God, as we uh, submit our families, marriages, Father God, our minds, clear our thoughts on this morning, God. We thank you today. We thank you. We thank you for the families that are grieving lost loved ones on today. I'm asking that you look on my own family on this morning and the loss of our brother. We thank you. God, I know that you promised us you would never leave us, nor would you forsake us. And we know we don't mourn as if there's no hope because we know that absent from the body is present with the Lord. We thank you for those that are still grieving loved ones, that their hole, that empty hole that's there, that you would begin to fill it. Father God, I'm asking this morning that if there's anyone that has, that has any type of broken relationship, broken fellowship on this morning, that this word would draw them closer to you. How we thank you on this morning. We honor you, O oh God, and you alone. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Father God, make the crooked roads straight that are in our lives. I thank you for each one that called out this morning. Our brothers, thank you for coming on today as we share this space and this time, O oh God. There's no one like you or besides you, God. We thank you that we can call on you in times of trouble. You said you would be there. And we need you today. We dine with you and feast with you on today, God. Thank you for the word. I know it's going to be powerful. And we glorify you on today. I'm asking each prayer warrior, if you would, let us draw strength from each other. Let us hold one another up in prayer. Call out our names. Many are going through. There's people that are still in their addiction. And God, we thank you as they come into this room that your Holy Spirit, that the yoke of bondage will be broken. We thank you for strength like none other. Father God, we stretch our hands to thee. No other help that we know on today. And I'm asking each and every prayer warrior, every intercessor that is on the line on today, unmute your line. And if you would, cover me and my family today in prayer earnestly. Thank you, Jesus. Thank, thank you, Lord God. For family, thank you for your comfort. Hallelujah. We thank you for today. Thank you, God, that you are a loving Father. Able to do every single need. Thank you, Jesus, that every single need is made. Thank you for your comfort. Holy Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Thank 
Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God,
Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, and uh, before I get started, Jerry, um, as you were praying this morning, I'm um, so sorry for uh, your loss, but the Lord gave me this word. He said, the Lord, your God, is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you, in his love. He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Zephaniah 3 and 17. Uh, be encouraged, Jerry. Um, and uh, and uh, let me know if there is. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll get in touch with you later. But anyway, good morning, everybody else. Thank you, Rochelle. You did a restorative, res, re, restorative. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm messing the name up. But you know what I mean. Uh, good morning to you. And thank you for doing an outstanding job today. Deborah Evans said good morning. I'm so excited. I was so excited for that good morning. Anyway, um, and, and my sweetie pie, uh, Simone, and to all of you this morning, um, I'm thankful for an opportunity to share with you. And um, looking at the topic, um, self-control and or discipline, <clears throat> I realized that I kind of, you know, I kind of live a disciplined life and I have for a while. And I'm really thankful for that it's not to boast it's just I just who is my nature I'm pretty con, I'm a pretty consistent person and so um you know it doesn't mean that I don't have my my issues we all do but um for overall if I start something I'm going to finish it and I'm thankful for that so anyway let's dive right in um I have a lot of scriptures a lot so you may want to grab a pen or just be prepared to maybe listen to the playback um and it doesn't mean you got to go look them all up. It's just, it's support. It's my, um, it is, there are my references and the information that I'm going to give you to support and uh, support my uh, topic or my discussion this morning and to also, so that you know, it's not just my opinion. You know, the word tells us to prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. And we are supposed to divide the word. Um, we are supposed to rightly divide the word of truth. Um, and the, the word is um, uh, is our lifeline. So um, the teacher in me, first of all, wants to dis to to define um, the the two main topics, which are are the two words that I'm going to be using interchangeably today. First of all, the word discipline, which is training that makes people more willing to obey or uh, able to control themselves, often in the form of rules and punishment. Uh, and if these are broken, um, there's some type of disciplinary action or the the behavior produced by this training is um, by, by discipline. Self-discipline um, or self-control, they are synonymous with one another, with each other. It's correction or regulation of oneself for the sake of improvement, self-control. And we know, and if you don't know, um, Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit or a characteristic of one who is filled with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Self-control. Luke 9.23 says, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And so we're not talking about a physical death. But we're talking about dying to flesh, the lusts of the flesh, um, the selfish, 
selfish things that we do to please ourselves without regard for others. Um, to lump it all into one category, let's just say um, living a perverted lifestyle. And I'm not talking about sex only. It can definitely mean that. But living a perverted lifestyle in that we are overindulging in um, unhealthy, excessive activities that leave no time for God or cause us to behave poorly. And so the scripture tells Jesus when he was speaking to the disciples, um, he was talking about here exercising um, self-control, which is to deny oneself. Um, and it's something that we want to do on a, well, if you do it on a consistent basis, do what? Exercise self-control or discipline, self-discipline, <clears throat> um, it is done because we are consistent or we exemplify consistency, which is the quality of always behaving or, be, or perform, tongue-tied here, let me start all over again, the quality of always behaving or performing in a similar way or of always happening in a similar way. That's consistency, or that is someone that is consistent. So self-control is a byproduct of consistency. Well, what's a byproduct? A byproduct is a secondary and sometimes unexpected or unintended result. So you keep doing the same thing over and over and over. It develops a pattern of consistency and before you know it, you have self-control in a particular area. And you you think about a particular thing, if there's something that you're struggling with. So you got to start off with bite-sized pieces. You can't start off trying to be, you know, grandiose and doing all these big, phenomenal things. Start off, take baby steps. Um, for example, um, there was a great discussion yesterday about stewarding our finances. And if you were to have a conversation with me, I'm not a financial advisor, but if you were to, my, here's, this is a point in case. My grandson called me a couple of weeks ago and he said, you know, Mima, I need some advice. You know, I want to clean my credit up. You know, I'm, I want to do some things, blah, 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 blah. I said, so here are some things, here are some suggestions that I have for you. Start off with this. And we start off with some steps. And before you know it, it's going to take a little time, but before you know it, you will have cleaned your credit up. And he said, yeah, I know, it's going to take some time. Because at the end of the day, guys, it takes time for us to improve, just like it takes time for us to learn poor habits. It seems like <laughs> developing poor habits is easier or, or happens faster, but at the end of the day, it takes time. So let's go a little bit deeper. Consistent positive behavior or actions yield advantageous results. For example, let's go to finances again since that was such a um, great topic yesterday. If you pay your bills on time consistently, what's going to happen is you're going to end up with a positive credit score. And why is that important? Well, not so much because we want to be able to then go and charge up everything and buy up everything, 
But the way that I look at it is, it speaks to our character. It says to people that I am trustworthy. It says to institutions that I am someone that um, is responsible, that I'm a good paymaster. It says to the potential employer that this person is dependable. She makes a contract with a credit card company and she holds up her end of the bargain, right? So it speaks to our character and that's very, very important to us, especially as believers, because we don't want to be like everybody else. We don't want to be um, a part of the status quo. We want to be different because we're ambassadors for Christ. We want to be, we, we are peculiar people. And so we pay our, our bills on time and we are good stewards over the finances that we get. And we, we use credit wisely. Um, and, and if you don't know what that means, listen, I'm not going to try to act like I'm the financial expert. Get in touch with Simone, sweet Simone, and she will give you some pointers. <laughs> All right. So consistent um, negative behavior produces disadvantage, disadvantage, dis, uh, poor results. <laughs> For example, it's, it's impossible. Listen to me. Listen, 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 listen. listen. It is impossible to gain 50 pounds just from eating one meal. It is impossible for gain, to gain 50 pounds by eating poorly for a whole day. It's impossible. Now, you might gain a few pounds, but you'll never gain 50 pounds. Impossible. Over time, consistently eating or drinking the wrong things will result in weight gain. For most people, some people eat like um, I have a, one of my sons, he has a healthy appetite, but he just does not gain weight. It just, just, it just doesn't happen. Um, my dad has been um, married to my mom for the past 66, well, be 66 years as of July 1st. My dad has been the same size. He can eat whatever he wants to. He has been the same size since they got married in 1957. And my parents are 92 and 90, and they are still healthy, and they are um, still able to care for themselves independently. Some stuff they need a little help with, but my dad, is the he's still one, a very good Uber driver. I gotta watch him a little bit though, because he makes me a little nervous sometimes. Anyway, anyway, it's not what we do sometimes, it is what we do all the time i.e. consistency. And again, we can do that negatively and we could do it positively. Self-control, in my opinion, allows us to have balance. I like to say it is the equilibrium of our soul. Because you guys, guess what? Too much of anything is not good for us. We have to find a healthy balance. First, we find our rhythm, and then we. It's important for us to find a healthy balance. So, so for so for, while one person, you know, may want to exercise every day, seven days a week for an hour a day, more power to you. No shade at all. I am not exercising seven days a week for an hour a day. Now I'm going to exercise. My average is four to five days a week. Lead a weekend to be the weekend, right? And if I don't, 
exercise a particular day, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. That's balance for me. Balance for you might be three days a week, 15 minutes a day. I don't, I don't know. But we find our rhythm, and then we establish healthy um, um, behaviors that will result in balance in our lives. Let's talk about, I want to talk about relationships today, and I want to talk about stewarding our relationships and how self-control is critical for healthy relationships. But first, I want to talk about secular relationships. So I, I went and found an expert, uh, Kendra Cherry, who is a psychosocial rehabilitation therapist, um, which reports that there are or alleges that there are six basic types of relationships. And sometimes these relationships can overlap. First of all, there there are family relationships. Some people call them familial relationships. There are friendships or platonic relationships. There are acquaintances, romantic relationships, and romantic relationships don't always include sex. There are definitely sexual relationships where people, they just have a a sex partner or they have sex partners, plural. There are work relationships. Uh, where you work with um, your coworkers or your peers or business partners, you're in you're in partnership with someone else, and then there are situational relationships, sometimes called situationships. I kind of like that word, situationship. So because of a situation, you find yourself in a relationship with a person, and it may become something that is long term or just maybe short term, just for that particular situation. However. There are also codependent relationships. That is, one person is more needy and the other uh, is comfortable and thrives on being needed. They feel fulfilled being in control and being needed. There are toxic relationships. Any type of interpersonal relationship where your emotional, physical, or psychological well-being is undermined or threatened in some way. For example, relationships that leave you feeling ashamed, humiliated, misunderstood, or unsupported. Toxic relationships can occur in romantic relationships. They can occur in families, at work, at school. Guess what? Even at church. Here's a disclaimer. Beware, and I'm going to say that again, beware, the definition of secular relationships changes as society sees fit. You know why? Because every man is right in his own eyes. And if you get enough of them together, they will demand that certain laws are changed and that they are recognized. I'm going to leave that right where it is. Let's talk about kingdom relationships. And I'm going to give, this is where all the scriptures are going to come into place. First, I want to look at God and Adam, or God, maybe I should say God and the Adam, you know, because when God created Adam, he created he, them, Adam and Eve. But that's a whole other topic. God and Adam. So I'm looking at it as creator and the created. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord. 
moved among the trees of the garden. Genesis 3 and 8. Um, that's the NIB um, version. In this text, we can assume that God and Adam, Adam and Eve, we can assume that this was a regular occurrence because they didn't get scared because God was approaching necessarily, right? They were scared. They were afraid because they had done something they shouldn't have done. They ate of the tree, if you know the story. They ate of the tree of um, the knowledge of good and evil, and they knew they weren't supposed to do that. But here's what I got from this text. <clears throat> Their meetings happened often enough that God knew Adam's voice. In order for you to know someone's voice, it means you've spent time with them. Now, that might mean, well, for us, that time spent could be, especially here on Declare Victory, I know you'll, we, you'll be able to relate to this. We can hear someone to start start speaking and we'll know, oh, that's, that's Moxie. Oh, that's, that's, that's Deborah Evans. Oh, that's Dee Dee. Oh, that's Dion. Oh, that's Shirley. Oh, that's, um, oh, my God. Oh. Um, I just, I just, the name just flew out my mind. But anyway, you get the big, because you've, you've called in enough that now you know the, that person's unique sound and you can identify them, right? So you can, you, you know what I'm talking about. So again, going back to um, Genesis 3, 8, they had a relationship, God, Adam and Eve, they had a relationship. I had a relationship, you guys. All right, let's move on. Man to man. I'm talking about a man and man, a man and another man. Talking about platonic relationship, which is it can be defined as a close relationship that ex that it, it it excludes sex and it excludes a romantic relationship. Let's look at two men. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From the day Saul kept David with him and did not let him return to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. That's found in 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 4, the NIV version. The King James Version says that Jonathan's soul was knit to David. They had a very unique platonic relationship. Um, Jonathan is Saul's son, and he is Saul's successor. So um, the way that it worked that as king, um, Saul wanted to make sure he had an heir to the throne or a successor to the throne, and that generally went to the firstborn son. And in this case, it was going to be Jonathan <clears throat> in the event of Saul's death. However, the school of thought is, is that once Jonathan made the covenant with um, David, he made it a binding covenant by offering his robe, his tunic, his bow, and his belt. These are personal items of him. Um, and it, it, there is also a school of thought that says that this move on Jonathan's part was symbolic of Jonathan giving the kingdom to David because it is said that Jonathan knew in his heart that David was going to become king. 
let's talk about a woman and another woman. Again, I'm talking about a platonic relationship. Um, and a platonic relationship can also be a close relationship as in me a mentor, someone that, a woman that mentors uh, another woman. Um, but Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. <laughs> Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and where I, and, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. And when Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. That's Ruth the uh, first chapter, verses 16 through 18. Uh, that's a great story to read. It's a real life story about real life people, tragedy happening, decisions to make, to, to, to re decisions that are made to relocate. Um, and these two women, this was a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law relationship that they had and Ruth was in her right to go back to her family, but she did not want to. She was committed to the relationship that she had developed with her mother-in-love, Naomi. This is a testament that every mother-in-law is not mean and evil and wicked. There are good mother-in-laws that are out there. And if you have been a mean, nasty mother-in-law, there is hope for you. You can change. <laughs> Listen. Um, there is a requirement of balance in having a healthy relationship. There sacrifice is required. You must have the ability to listen, um, offer suggestions, challenge behaviors, and have even the ability to acquiesce, to learn your role and to hold that position. But what does this have to do with self-discipline or self-control? Listen, you've got to have self-control in order to be, be able to acquiesce, to say, you know, you were right, I was wrong. Or to be able to say, um, you know, you wanted that last piece of chicken, I'm going to acquiesce and I'm going to let you have it. Or to um, be able to suggest things, know your role as a mentor, as a um, as a uh, as a person that uh, is in a platonic relationship, you don't demand things of the person you're in relationship with. You exercise self-control even when you realize ah, that's not the right thing to do. That's an adult that you're dealing with. You can't make anybody do anything. You can't control anybody, but you can make suggestions. And sometimes you need to make suggestions that are urgent. Let's move on a little bit further. Children and parents. This would be an example of a familial familial relationship. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. That's found in Colossians 3, 20 through 21. I understand fully that kids can, you know, they can try us. They can stress us out. But it requires self-control on the parent's part. You are the adult. You made them. It requires self-control on the parent's part. It also requires discipline, too, in order for you to be able to parent that child um, um, appropriately. Because provoking, antagonizing, mistreating, or abusing your child, et cetera, is selfish, 
immature and demonstrates your lack of self-control and it is absolutely 157% unacceptable. So stop. (laughs) Stop for a minute and ask yourself a question. Why am I treating my child like this? Why am I talking to my child like this? Why is it that when X happens, I get, I get angry or I get frustrated or whatever the emotion is? I'm not a, I'm not a counselor. Uh, I'm not a psychotherapist. I am not uh, a licensed clinical social worker. That is my, my good sister friend, Dr. Sabrina Robertson. Um, but, but my, my opinion, my layman's opinion is, is that most likely what you are projecting your, on your child is learned behavior. But there's good news. If it was learned, it can be unlearned. And if you ask the Holy Spirit to teach you, first of all, to reveal to you what the issues are, what the challenges are, what's going on with you, and if you ask him to teach you, guess what? He will. You may need to get some external help, an accountability partner, but you're absolutely going to have to apologize and do better. Here's a Tanya, not Tanya nugget. Um, Physical discipline is not always necessary, especially for your older teens. What works for one child may not work for another. It's important for you to study your child, know what motivates them, know what, 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 what do they like. Um, would removing or restricting a device be more impactful than denying an activity, for example? Um, the younger you start with disciplining your children, it could be a grandchild, it could be a niece, a nephew, or your biological child. The younger you start, the less work you'll have to do when you get older. Here's a point in case. A couple of weekends ago, I had my granddaughters with me. They are six and four. We, I took them to go visit their cousin. Um, we take a regular trip to go and visit their cousin um, uh, and have a play date with them. Anyway, the, the, the short of the story is, is that they got, a, they got brand new dolls, little brand new little black dolls with curly hair. And, um, and I said to them, guys, let's, you have a lot of toys at home. Let's keep these toys with Mima so that when you have something, you know, when you come over to visit with me, I don't have to go to the store to buy you something every time you come over. I didn't really say that to them, but that's the thought in my head. But you have something to play with when you come over. They're like, oh, okay. Well, when it was time for them to go home that day, Timani, who was the oldest of the two little um, granddaughters, she said to me, oh, Mima, I have all my, our bags are packed. And I was like, really? I'm like, okay, you're on top of it today, girl. You made your bed today. Come on, Timani. It was all lopsided, but it was cool. She, she made her best effort. So, I, so you know, I went in afterwards to straighten the room up, you know, you know, because, you know, we just straightened it up. And I just, I could not find the little dolls. I said, oh, that was why you told me, Mima, I got our bags together and you went and grabbed them real quick. But you, you done took the dolls home. Well, you know, a few hours later, I FaceTimed my son. And I was like, hey, where are the girls? Well, one of the little girls had the, had the doll playing with it. And the other one, I said, hey, girls, how you doing? Um, Timani, where are the dolls? Oh, if you could have seen the look on her face. Um, 
And so I went through this whole thing about um, how disappointed I was and how sad I was and, you know, um, you know, this is not acceptable behavior, blah, 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 blah. And I said, so I tell you what, daddy is going to take the dolls from you. You're not allowed to play with them. You're not allowed to play with them. And I might, I don't know, I might tell them to throw them in the garbage. I haven't decided yet, but you are not allowed to play with the dolls. Um, and so the look on their face, <laughs> oh my God, the look on their faces was priceless. Now, was that me being a mean Mima? Absolutely not. My granddaughters need to know that when I tell them to do something, I mean for them to do it. And so this is going to graduate from dolls to giving them money and telling them to bring my change back because I expect that they will do it. This will be, Mima, can we go to our friend's house um, after I've checked out the friend's house? Can we go to our friend's house? And I expect, yes, but you need to be back by whatever time I tell them because they understand there are consequences when they are not. So you get the picture? Like the younger you start with them, the less you have. Okay, let's get back. Let's get back to the lesson. Let's talk about husband and wives, marriages, romantic relationships. And when I'm talking about a husband and a wife, just to be clear, I'm talking about a woman that was born female and a man that was born male who, who enter into a marital covenant with God. The Bible says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. That's Ephesians 5, 23. I'm not going to go down a rabbit hole about submission, but we're talking about kingdom women and we're talking about kingdom living. And according to the scriptures, it's our responsibility to submit to our husbands. It does not mean that we become a doormat. It does not mean that we do any and everything that he says. Because first of all, a man, a real man, a husband will never put his wife in a position. A real mature, self-disciplined man will never put his wife in a compromising position or a manipulative position where he takes advantage of her and he lords his headship over her. He will never do that. That's what immature, irresponsible, selfish men do. But anyway, self-discipline enables us to go find quiet ladies. Self-discipline um, wives will not emasculate their husbands. What I mean by that is we won't belittle our husbands privately and never publicly, or treat them like they're our children. We honor them, we respect them, we love them. Um, let's go on to the men. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their bodies just as Christ does the church. That's found in Ephesians 5, 28 through 29. That's the new, the NIV version. Self-disciplined husbands love and care for their wife. One, singular, not the side chick. And even though wives can have side guys, but husbands love, because your instruction from the word of God is to love your wife. Our instruction is to submit our, when I say our, as a woman, as a wife, our instruction is to submit. Because sometimes we have a little issue with that. We do. We do, right? But self-discipline will allow us to get ourselves in check. 
Self-discipline will allow us, I already said this, I just want to reiterate this point, self-discipline. And when we don't have it and we're working on it, the Holy Spirit will say, be quiet. Don't, don't say anything else. Just be quiet. Don't have an attitude. And make love to him tonight. That's with self-discipline. This is a whole adult club. I'm giving y'all some free pointers, okay? If you want to know some more, you can get my book, Trading Grief for Grace, available on Amazon or my website. But what I'm saying is there's a way to do things, lady. You don't have to be, <laughs> you don't have to be aggressive. You don't have to even be passive aggressive. You know what? I'm, when you're in a relationship and you love each other and you want the best for each other, um, you're not looking for ways to selfishly manipulate each other. Um, when you're when you're in a relationship and you love your wife, um, husbands, again, as provider and as protector, your self-discipline will because you are self-disciplined, you know how to shut it down and be quiet and never raise your hand to your wife. You know how to shut it down, even if that means taking a walk, even if that means going in the garage, even a, and and an attentive wife knows. Oh, I went a little bit too far. <clears throat> She's not going to come yapping behind you, um, still trying to make her point with her neck moving all around and her fingers pointing and stuff. She's a self-disciplined woman. Is not going to do that. Now, if that's you right now, the good news is you can work on it with the help of the Holy Spirit, all right? All right, self-discipline enables us to walk away and keep our hands to ourselves. I wanna share with you an interesting statistic as I'm getting ready to close. On average, nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner in the United States. During one year, this, equa this equates to more than 10 mil million women and men. Yes, women can be abusers. On a typical day, there are more than 20,000 phone calls placed to domestic violence hotlines nationwide. One in four women and one in seven men have been victims of severe physical violence. For example, beatings, burnings, strangling by an intimate partner in their lifetime. Now, that's just the statistics that have been reported. I can only imagine what the statistics are that are not reported. Here's another thing we want to do. This is another little tip. You want to eradicate external influence because the Bible tells us for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. Ephesians 5.30, that means that your mom should not be running your household. Your father should not be running your household. It's okay to get advice on certain things, but at the end of the day, you and your husband, you and your wife make the decisions about your household. God and man, and this is where we really hone in on the kingdom relationship. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father Give good gifts to those who ask him. Matthew 7, 11. God loves to shower us with gifts. And I'm not just talking about tangible gifts, cars and houses. He'll do that for us, right? But he loves to, to, to shower us tangible gifts and intangible gifts. God gave his best, listen, his son Jesus, 
as a demonstration of his love to us. And he keeps on giving. Guys, he supplies all of our needs. He, give us the, he gives us the desires of our heart, Mark eleven twenty four, and he even answers before we call, before we even have the opportunity to form the sentence to make the request. There are times when God will answer before we call according to Isaiah 65 and 24. He says before they call, I will answer. I will, I will, um, excuse me, while they are still speaking, I will hear, my God, today, having a kingdom relationship with your father has friends benefits. The Bible says, come near to God and he will come near to you. So it's not just automatic. There are things that we must do. We must establish a relationship with him, coming near to him through prayer, through communicating with him. Um, one who has reliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That's Jesus. That is God, according to Proverbs 18 and 24. He will stick closer than a brother. That is an amazing type of relationship that we can have with God, but it takes self-discipline. Self-discipline motivates us to be stewards, good stewards over our time so that we can build a healthy, authentic relationship with God by spending quality time with him. Guys, it's not so much how much time we spend with him, right? I could spend two hours with God constantly looking or thinking I'm spending with God, um, constantly looking at the clock or complaining the entire time. That's not quality time. You spent some time, but it's not quality. He probably got up and left, right? So we want to spend quality time with God. Um, um, think about the, the relationships that I described a little bit earlier. Those relationships took time. Um, it takes time to develop a platonic relationship. It takes time to develop a romantic relationship. It takes time to develop a peer relationship. It takes time to develop a relationship a good, wholesome relationship with your child. And generally, it starts when the baby is in the womb, talking to them, rubbing your belly. Um, and then once the baby is here, um, the love and the attention that you give the child. All right, but how do we do this? Um, I'm going to skim over these, and perhaps we can talk about them a little bit more in Love, Life, and Victory. Um, we do this through prayer. That's our way of communicating with God, but the prayer should not be one-sided. It should be you talking, pausing, and listening so that he can respond. Or just going in, giving him thanksgiving, praising him, and, this, and then sitting or kneeling before him or laying before him quietly so that he can talk. We also do it through developing our, develop a relationship by exercising self-control and using time to study. Studying the word. You can read it, but studying it to learn its characteristics. Meditating, think about, thinking about his goodness, thinking about a scripture that you read, thinking about, um, imagine your, you know, often I imagine myself laying my head on God's shoulder, sharing some personal or intimate things with him that only I, I know he will understand. Um, um, it could be during that meditation, examining yourself. Father, is there anything that I've done that was 
out of your will that's offensive, um, examining yourself. Is there more that I can do? How can I demonstrate my more, love more to God? And more that, and, and listening to the preached word is another way where we build the relationship, a kingdom relationship with God. And we do that by exercising self-control, denying ourselves some TV time, denying ourselves some social media time, design, de, um, denying ourselves some, you know, some extra time that we would use perhaps with friends or whatever, and creating a regular time that we spend with God. Guys, that's all I have today. I pray that something that I said was um, enlightening for you. Um, something that I said gave you some ideas as to how you can make some changes, um, that I made you aware of some things perhaps that you did not know, um, and that it helped you to grow a little bit more and learning to exercise self-control and being a good steward over these 24 hours that we get in a day. Um, at this time, what I want to do is want to shift gears. We are going to First, open the call up to those that may call, may have called in a little bit late and you didn't get a chance to say good morning. But hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> um, you didn't get a chance to say good morning, but first I want to open it up to any men that are on the call. Um, and we want to open it up and allow you to be able to say good morning first and or if you're a first time caller, you've never called in before or you've called in before, but you've never said good morning. So those three categories, men, first-time callers, or first-time speakers, that category, we're going to open it up for you to say good morning. Anybody? You, know, uh, you know what? I was thinking about that topic the other day. I was thinking about that pocket. I said, ooh, that Jonathan. How you doing, brother? <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I want you to know after you prayed that good old uh that good old apostolic prayer last week, I felt it in my body immediately. Um, so thank you so much for your prayer. Anybody else want to say good morning? Men or first time callers or um, first time saying hello. Going once, going twice. All right, ladies, it's open to whoever. Good morning, y'all. Good morning, it's Diane. Good morning, Diane. Good morning, Karen. It's good to hear your voice. Thank you. I'm glad to have it back. Good morning, it's Jubilant. Hey, Juju. Good morning, it's Rachel. I'm sorry, what was your name again? Gracie. Did you say Gigi? Gigi, can you hear me? Oh, Gigi, yeah, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, it's Persistent. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Persistent, and good morning, good morning. Good morning, this is Chris Shonda. God bless you. Great declaration. Good morning, Chris Shonda. Thank you. Good morning, Tanya. It's Miss B. Always wonderful to hear your share. Thank you, Miss B. Good morning. 
Good morning, disclaimer. I love you. You sound amazing. So healed. Thank you so much, Rochelle. I love you. Good morning. It's never again. I love you. That was a wonderful declaration. You had me smiling and chuckling so many times. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Good morning, never again. Good morning, Tand. I love and enjoy hearing you speak. Oh, thank you. Who is this? Cynthia? Yes. Oh, good morning. <laughs> Y'all exercising self-control and discipline and speaking. <laughs> Listen, good morning. while you were teaching, I was at the gym and I was like, oh, let me decide what I'm going to eat when I get out of here and exercise and self-control a little better. Okay. <laughs> Yes, I understand. Yes, yes. Somebody else said hello too. Who? I'm sorry. Who was that? It was Moxie. It was just Moxie. Oh, hey, hey Moxie. good morning. Great declaration. Morning. It was just you just came through like the boss that you are. That's what I felt like. My boss was, you know, my boss was making it clear to me. You know what I mean? Thank you so much. Oh my God. <laughs> Anybody else? Okay, are there any questions or comments or did anybody have a God moment? Anybody have a um, funny discipline? I, I have to share this one. So that same, oh no, this is a different weekend. I'm with the, the, the granddaughters. And so um, they had a fun meal the day before. And the next day they had a, they had a meal which included broccoli because we have to have broccoli or some kind of vegetable. And it's important for us to drink water. We just not going to drink Capri Suns all day long. So, you know, Avani, who was the youngest, she ate all her broccoli and her macaroni and cheese, and she showed me her plate, and she was so excited. Great, you get a cupcake. A matter of fact, come on over here, and you can help me make the cupcakes with Tamia. And so Timani was, you know, I don't eat, I don't eat broccoli. I, yes, you do. You eat, you told me you eat broccoli at school, but not anymore. You're going to eat that broccoli. <laughs> so... She's at the table. Y'all know this classic. She's at the table. She's taking forever. I said, here, here's your, why don't you drink? Maybe it'll make it a little bit better. You don't have to eat all of them. You can, here, I'm going to move six of them over because you're six years old. You have to eat these little tiny six pieces of broccoli. And here's your Capri Sun. Eat a little broccoli and then chase it with your, um, with your, with your Capri Sun. She's sitting and she's sitting. All of a sudden, she starts to ease up from the table. I'm busy making cupcakes. I see her out of the, you know, my um, side to side, my, my peripheral vision. And I said, hey, where are you going? In the bathroom. Open your mouth. <laughs> the broccoli. The broccoli was just, it, it almost started to tumble out of her mouth. Sit down, little girl. And eat that broccoli. I, you chew every single little bite that's in your mouth right now, and I should make you eat more. I fell out laughing, and then my grandson walks in the door. He's an adult. He walks in the door. I said, Terry, guess what she tried to do? And we both fell out laughing. He said, that's the oldest trick in the book, too, Monica. Anyway, just a funny story. Anybody have any, again, any ha-ha moments, any, um, any, um, questions or comments. 
Hey, Tan, it's Shell. Um, <laughs> they need to read Ecclesiastes because there is nothing new under the sun that we haven't yes, tried. Been <laughs> <laughs> there, but done I'm, that. Right. Um, probably two times over at grandma's house and at home. Um, but <laughs> when I think about what you said when about the dolls, um, that is such a good um technique, strategy, wisdom, whatever you want to call it, because it does. It it um it starts to develop discipline as to um our devotion was this morning about fear. And it gives them a sense of no, nah, I shouldn't try that because for some reason I used to always think that my mom had eyes really in the back of her head and that they followed yeah. me everywhere I went. Right. <laughs> so it, it does. It it actually develops for them to think and have um discipline when they try to do something wrong or think that they can get away with something. Um that was a great analogy. I, I think about when I think about self control and discipline, Tanya, I think about you sitting at the table. I'm only having this, this is what I'm eating, this is what I'm paying, this is me. <laughs> um bothered, not moved, not getting out of what you said. That's the picture I see with the um self control and discipline. I love you, sis. Great, great, great share. Can you um, drop the developing, um, I think it was discipline, was it four? Four things, prayer, exercise, and self-control. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I, can, I can put that in the, yeah, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. In, anybody else? Oh, hey, sister. I heard. Go ahead. Is that people. Simone? Mm-hmm. I'll go next. Go ahead, Simone. No, sweetie. No, you sweet. This Didi. Oh, no. You go, Simone. I'm going to let my elders. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Ooh, I was just going to say, Didi is exercising self-control. You're going to see that other side. That's the, I, I, mm-hmm. I'll, catch you, I'll catch you in the time. All right. Um, two things. Two things. I'm praying for my little Kamani. Uh-oh. Because uh, she is hilarious. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. She is hilarious. I am loving that personality for her. Um, The second thing is, sis, if you never spoke a word, if you never did this share, your life reflects it. If I never never heard you say this, but just watched you, every word you spoke, you you live, you walk it. Um, It is such a it's um a drawing characteristic of yours that I I love but I run from it I'm like oh that Tanya she is consistent on vacation she's consistent <laughs> at home <laughs> but I love it and I just wanted you to know that again if you never if you never did a share on this your life um uh, your life reflects it. Oh, Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you, sweet. I love you. Gone, Didi. Listen, <laughs> I almost put on my <laughs> From Grief to Grace shirt this morning. Oh, I'm going to have to wear it. Love you, sis. Um, and I agree with Sweet Simone. You are truly who you are. Like, in and I mean, just like she said, on vacation and playing, even playing card games, you still stay the same, right? You have your fun. But you don't really, I, I just love you. And the story with your granddaughter, I'm just trying to ask you, next time, pick River up, please, because she needs to learn <laughs> from, her, from her little cousins because she, it's my fault 
that she likes coffee, right? And oh her mother God. is not really speaking to me because it's, I, I let it get cold. So that's like the last sip she can have. But the other day, I couldn't find my cup. She had one in the closet. <laughs> she was hiding in the closet drinking her coffee. So, oh yeah. God. Yeah. But anyway, the self-control and discipline, just watching children. And like I, I was telling one of the other teachers, I'm here for a reason because God needed to show me. It's almost like he's given me a do-over, right, to to be a light to these other kids in the areas that I felt like I blew it as a mom. That makes mm-hmm. sense because I have mm-hmm. – I'm I even kind of look at myself sometimes because I'm like, where is this patience coming from? Because these mm-hmm. little – y'all know little kids, but I'm grateful that I know it's part of my growth, my my spiritual growth. And even when you talked about marital relationships and all the different type of relationships – we have to apply self-control and discipline in dealing with each other. And I'm grateful because of you, and I'm going to say it, watching you um, walk a marriage out has helped me to be a better wife, to understand what my position is, good, bad, ugly, sad. So I just love you, Tanya, and I really do thank God for you in my life. That's all. You're amazing. Thank you, Dee Dee. I love you, too. Um, you know, oh, go ahead. Was that somebody Good morning. This is wonderful, Wanda. Thank you for hey, your wonderful uh, your decoration. First of all, I need to know the name of the book. Oh, it's Trading Grief for Grace. And you can get okay. it on Amazon or you can get it at my website. Okay. Um, second of all, I wish that you could see the sweatshirt that I have on this morning. Um, I'm on my way to work and it's uh my son took a picture of me and my two granddaughters and put it on a T-shirt with the top of it has a big gold crown, and it says, keep, call, keep calm and call Nana. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just love wearing it, you know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's a real big picture on the front, so you can see who on there, you know, me and the kids. Mm-hmm. But I love my mm-hmm. grandkids, you know. And, you know, as a mom, I didn't really – I did the best that I could with what I knew at the time. And I was – my discipline was very aggressive, you know what I mean? And yeah. there was a little um, verbal abuse some physical abuse, um, you know, and when I share, I'm always being transparent because that's the only way I know how to do it. Um, ain't no need mm-hmm. to trying to get on here and and, and lie <laughs> and front and sound good. I, I just, mm-hmm. you know, tell it like it is. But with my grandchildren, um, I, I speak with them and teach them differently than I did with my kids. But I sound, I you sound like me. When you were talking, it was like, yeah, that I don't think that was me. That, yeah, it, yeah, come back <laughs> and sit down and eat the broccoli. The, nope, you can't have a doll no more, you know. And so sometimes my grandchildren think I'm a little mean, and I tell them, when you get older, you, you're going to appreciate everything that Nana tells you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, it's just good to hear somebody that, uh, you know, I can relate to. And um, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's all old school. And and these this new generation is is kind of sad that they don't have the uh, the the wherewithal or the the insight that we have 
about respect and discipline and, you know, control and uh, just the whole thing. So I, I, yeah. I, uh, I'm gonna look at. I'm I'm gonna order the book because I wanna. I'm I'm excited now. I want to hear more. Oh, thank you, thank <laughs> you, thank you. I appreciate you. Um, All right. Thank you for sharing. Uh, go ahead, never again. Hey, I wanted to. You said so much good stuff, but I'm I'm gonna keep it on the thread of the the children and discipline. And um, one of the things that comes to mind is when we we know better, we do better. And to Didi's mm-hmm. point, I think one of the reasons why we um, change in our style of discipline our children, especially as grandparents, is because of the wisdom that comes with understanding that some ways we used to have, we've outgrown. They've outgrown their usefulness. And there mm-hmm. are better ways to to do things. And I know as a older, more mature parent, I am often checked by my children and how I re- respond to them. and thinking of um, being more self-disciplined and exercising self-control with them. As you said, we are the adults, right? <laughs> you expect them to do things that are that are out of order, but our response to them, them doesn't have to be the same. So they make me really look at myself and examine how I parent and, and discipline them and coming up with ways, to your point, that I can find consequences outside of um, physically dealing with them um, to give them reasons to fall in line or do what they're being do do what they're being asked to do so it it definitely is um, a learning and growth experience and, and and children they'll they'll keep you in check they really make you look at yourself and especially in when we think about how God as children of God how he has us and how God is so right. patient and loves us. And, and it makes me say to myself, how can you respond in this way? That's not how God will respond to you. This is not what, you know, and so it really keeps in perspective and, and, and helps me to to be um, more gentle in my approach to how I, I deal with discipline in my children. So, but thank you for your, for your share. You said a lot of good stuff. I look forward to the replay. Thank you. Um, A couple of things before the next person wants to speak. Um, We have to be careful that um, we don't fall victim of society's definition of how we raise our children, how we discipline our children, because at the end of the day, society is not going to be there for us. Um, I'll never forget when, now granted, we can do too much of everything. We have to be really careful, especially African-Americans, you know, um, what was passed down to us was corporal punishment, getting whoopings, getting beaten. That was passed down to us because, you know, that's what happened to us, our ancestors as slaves. And that was the form of discipline primarily that we learned, right? And so we have to be, there there are other ways. And you can't just, some kids, you can't just talk to them. Some kids, you can talk to them. There are some kids you have to, which is why I said it's important for you to study your children. So society changes, and what the, what they find as acceptable and unacceptable, they changes. But you have a, you are responsible for your child, and what you teach them, God is going to hold you responsible for that. And you don't owe society an explanation of why you do things. I'll never forget one of my kids um, tried to call CPS on us. They didn't want to get a whooping or whatever, and I had to go and talk to the people and the, the social worker and a police officer 
we went to the station. I had to go. To, my child had not been abused, but like he was trying to take it out of the, take it to the a whole nother level. Well, anyway, my conversation with them, with them was, while I appreciate your concern, um, my kid doesn't have any bruises on him. You'll never see that on him. Um, but at the end of the day, what what I do for them, I do in love. And I looked right at the police officer and I said, because I don't ever want you to have to raise your billy club and beat him upside his head because it won't be in love. And I don't owe you, if, if you guys want to take responsibility of feeding and housing my kid, let's, let's have a conversation. But you're not going to be outside my home and tell me what I can and cannot do. And I never heard from them again. And so sometimes we do have to take a stand on things that we do. But again, we have to do whatever we do. When we discipline our children, it should be done in love. Um, and if you're not sure what to do, there's all kind of people where you can get help. Um, if you if you have issues with your with anger, and for number one, you want to go to God first, ask the Holy, Holy Spirit to help you. But you can also seek help. There are anger management classes and there are parenting classes because if you weren't taught, if you didn't come up in, if you weren't raised in an environment where it was healthy, a healthy environment where um, love was demonstrated, where do you start? You don't really know. And so you might mimic what you see other people doing, but that might not be a good style for you. So you may need some, some parenting classes. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Or if there is someone that um, is in your church or your circle, that you feel comfortable with asking them about pointers. Like that's somebody you could talk to too, right? But always, always ask the Holy Spirit. Is there anybody, and, and Wanda, to your point, I was aggressive with my children too. Um, I didn't, I, I, I talked to them more harshly than I had to. And that was probably more out of frustration, you know, um, for whatever the case is unacceptable. But then I noticed my kids doing it and I was like, oh my God. So we have to unlearn this. You guys, talk, be a little softer. <laughs> you know, I know they got it from me. Um, anybody else have a comment or a question or anything? Yes, good yeah, morning. I'm to make a comment. Oh, go ahead. Hold on. There's two people. I just want to get an order. Who was the first person who said yes? I want Topaz. Topaz. And, and then who was the next person? Shirley. And who? Shirley. Okay. Shirley. Topaz and then mm -hmm. Shirley. Okay, good morning again. I just wanted to say thank you for your share, um, Tanya. Thank you so much for your share. I had um, the, probably the past two weeks been studying in the book of um, Samuel, and um, what resonated with me was when you mentioned the more we call in to declare victory, the more familiar we get with the sound of whoever the speaker is. And um, I thought it was really interesting because um, – Samuel initially didn't, he didn't recognize that the Lord was speaking to him. And after going back several times, um, Eli finally was able to instruct him and give him some direction. And mm -hmm. um, even in my life, um, I realized that when God was initially calling me, I was so doing whatever it was I was doing that I didn't recognize. And mm -hmm. I'm so grateful today that I have been disciplining myself and taking the time to actually study the word when I have different things to come up that I don't necessarily understand. I do take that time and have devotional time with him. And I just want to share this one story really quickly. Um, yet, not yesterday, the day before, I had been listening to some soaking music and um, just reading my word and just letting God speak to me. I ended up going to about three different stores. Um, and there was a gentleman that was there that just, he was a homeless gentleman, had a child. They were sitting on the ground. 
I was so grateful that I was obedient and I had been disciplined throughout the day, just listening to the Holy Spirit that I asked the gentleman, was there anything I could help him with or was everything okay? And, you know, if I could just um, pray with them, I was feeling really led to pray. Um, moral of the story is that the gentleman and his son accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. I was on the phone with my cousin. My cousin is a minister that lives in um, Texas, and he ended up leading them into a uh, uh, a prayer of repentance, but I was so grateful, but I didn't know what my obedience was about to lead to. I didn't know why throughout the day, God had me just sitting in this position, just reading the scriptures, praying, studying, putting on worship music. And at the end of the day, I was so happy. I never got what I needed from that particular store. I ended up having to go to, I think it was a fourth store to get what I needed, but it was really good just to see that my obedience led to something so beautiful. And um, that's the end of my share. Thank you so much. Oh, that's really beautiful. Miss um, Shirley, just before you speak real quick, um, mm -hmm. spending time with God listening for me is probably one of the most challenging because my mind is moving on. I shouldn't even say the most. Well, yeah, I can say that. It's probably the most challenging out of the list of things that I said because it requires me to be still. And the way that my mind works, I'm always thinking about something. Um, it's, 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 it's hard for, it's, I don't know, maybe it's a form of ADD. I don't know. But, um, and so what I've learned to do is, is that I've had to learn to discipline myself to turn my thoughts off, which is I've gotten better. I haven't mastered it, but I've gotten way better because what God wants to do, God speaks to us way more often than we realize. But many, many times we're so busy or we're so focused on other things and we haven't trained our ears to hear him that we miss it. And it's not always audible. Very, very often he speaks through us through actions and other things that we see. I just want to throw that in. Go ahead, Miss Shirley. <clears throat> yeah, I just want to say thank you for uh, the, your story today about self-control. Um, and I learned also with self-control, um, it, it taught me um, I don't have to always respond because of what someone says. And I had this with my sisters, and they used the words, and sometimes they use it in a negative way to get their point across. And what ended up happening, they were texting me kind of with, you know, sisters against one. Um, and I was really upset because I was really surprised some of the things that were coming out of the mouth. I told my daughter, the first thing she said was, you don't have to respond. And I said, mm. well, they say you, don't, don't, you don't have to respond. She said, when you don't respond, eventually they will go away. And uh, mm. it took every strength. And mm -hmm. that's where I was had to rely on God to help me not to respond with that self-control. And it got to the point to where she said, everyone is entitled to say what they say, but you don't have to respond to it. So yesterday, now I haven't heard from her in a while. And then the same thing came. So she threw up this word. And my, the first thing I thought about was she gave me a scripture. I knew it was going to be negative. And I said, I have, I have the the choice how I respond to it, and the self discipline helped me because I've done it for so long. I didn't even look at the verse yet because I needed to make sure my timing was correct, how I was going to receive it. Because when we when we react too quickly, sometimes our response 
can be just as offensive as the person who gave it to us. So even mm -hmm. the self-control can help the way we respond to it because when you're nervous or you're calm, you've had a talk with the Lord, he's going to instruct you if you should respond, how to respond, and even when to respond. That's what I wanted to say. Thank you for reminding Thank me that. That's that's a, that's a great great analogy. That is a great example. Great point that you made. It reminded me of a um, of a situation that happened within my church family, and um, I didn't want to exercise self control. Like I argued with God about how that we were. I was entitled to make this right. <laughs> I needed to explain my side of the story <clears throat> that I needed to let people know the truth that, you know, the, there's, there's all these rumors that are going on. And he said, Tanya, how, in, how are you going to do that? How, how would you, t how, first of all, do you know everybody that knows? Well, no. And, and secondly, how would you reach everybody? Um, I don't know. It'll just make me feel better. If I give my story, somebody else can, spread my story <laughs> at the end of the day I was obedient but I got to tell you it didn't start off with me wanting to be obedient I, I did it because he told me to so okay I will but you know you what you gonna do in the meantime how are you gonna fix that you don't worry about that you 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 worry about you oh okay well you know, you know, this really hurts, right? This really sucks. Um, so it was so bad that we left the church. It wasn't just a little, like it was, we left the church. We, we had to, like, I couldn't, I was, I was, I was afraid of what I might do. So it was best at this point, because, you know, things had happened over the years. At this point, it was just like, mm, it's time to stop. And I left because the Lord told me, remove yourself. It wasn't just out of anger. He literally told me, remove yourself and go be quiet. Are you kidding me? Yep. No, I'm not kidding you. Be quiet. And I mean, be quiet. Because you don't want me to make you be quiet. I'm like, don't, but dang. Um, that situation has been, God has healed us. Um, and um, I, I just praise God for his healing and to miss. You know, I didn't have to respond. I could have responded and I could have made the situation worse. Um, but I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I didn't respond. Anybody else have anything? All righty. Well, maybe y'all are exercising self-control and thinking. Yeah. And yes. Oh, no. Was somebody else talking? I'm sorry. Uh-uh. Oh, no. I was going to say what you just said um, reminded me of how I've learned to not respond because, and I think you watching you really walk it out for real for me, like when I, because I'm the type of person, I would rather be mad at a person than be hurt by a person. So that responding, like you said, when you might feel justified to to respond back to something hurtful and to not and just let Holy Spirit work it the way it's supposed to, to give time for healing to take place. And I know watching you with your situation is helping me and mine still to this day. Um, and being mindful of instead of 
saying something or getting somebody back for hurtful things to just let it be. I'm not saying, um, and, and it's a part of forgiveness, but it's also to allow the healing because it goes back to when the word tells us to be slow to speak because you really can't unsee some things. And my pastor has taught me that since I've been there since 96. You can't unsay a thing, so that's why you have to be quiet. And and we don't do that enough as believers. Like mm-hmm. like even dealing with relationships, we're quick to think we got to tell somebody something or like you said, I feel like you should have done this. But it's Uh-oh, Diddy. Bye, you guys. Love you guys.